to go along then, uh, you know, to build the foundation for the technology. Fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, industry uh, is, is uh, crazy how, how much how much change is happening at the moment. Uh, obviously, a lot of it kind of enforced or maybe accelerated enforced. But it's really, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Jan, I am, uh, I'm all open to whatever it is. It's sort of top of mind for you today and what it is that, that you'd like to talk about. Love to get the updates on, you know, all the things that you're in charge of here. So wherever you'd like to go is good with me. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, th I thought, you know, we can, we can talk a little bit about um, supply chain, but for me, supply chain is really also a huge cross topic. And uh, I usually, when I talk supply chain, I always talk about the business network and the industry cloud and supply chain and, and sustainability actually in one, uh, because everything is so so interconnected. Um, and, and actually those are also the areas I'm, I'm responsible for, so that makes it easier. And um, actually, you know, if you, if you think about it and we had this, um, uh, this analyst day a couple was it weeks, month ago already, and talked about uh, the synchronous planning. I think that is a really interesting concept, but it's also always to be seen in the in the end-to-end -end con uh, context. And when we talk about resilient supply chains, uh, and the question is why, why are we talking about it so much? And I think it's it's because everything is much more connected. Yeah? As long as you live in isolation, you know, resilience has not never been such a big uh, deal. But since everything is connected, and we have, from my perspective, brutally seen that during the pandemic, and all of a sudden this became extremely fond of mind. And uh, the other thing, the other dimension that I feel is really um, what 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 is always an issue for business is uh, unpredictability. <laughs> yes. And uh, when we can't really know what's going on or what's what's happening, that's when the stock markets get nervous and, and so on. And I think that combination you know, of everything being connected and at the same time, unpredictability became so much bigger. Uh, everybody started to focus on resilience uh, and said, even okay, even if it costs me more, I got to focus to, to stabilize my operations. I have to make sure I have a, I have a backup. I have much better visibility. I probably want to have more visibility into multiple tiers of my supply chain because before maybe companies didn't, didn't even care much and said, well, my direct suppliers is fine, and they will take care uh, of their suppliers, and and uh, you know I trust them. But uh, th that uh, has uh, broken down a little bit, uh, especially throughout the pandemic. So I think that has really driven this whole notion of of uh, resilient supply chains, and obviously plays pretty well into you know our narrative around the design to operate uh, process and how we are trying to connect really our solutions along those those end to end processes to really really support um, uh, this resilience and give companies visibility on, on the one hand side, but also and, and specifically when you start in the planning, uh, the ability to forecast uh, much, much better. And forecasting, you know, then you talk about simulation, um, you know, you talk about prediction, um, which then, of course, you can do a much better job today because we have much better technology uh, at our disposal. And uh, that, that is actually something that's super valuable. And then I think, and this is where I always see kind of this, this the game changer that we have in our hand at SAP, that we can always link that into execution. Right? So it's not the planning alone or pulling data from somewhere and running predictive analytics and stuff on it, but really then putting this into action, connecting directly into logistics solutions like transportation management, warehouse management, 
uh, triggering actions there or then into production. Uh, and that uh, it feeds then into the whole story of Industry 4.0, right? Where you basically um, have a whole, whole process digitized and you create digital twins of your products, of your um, you know, production um, facilities, um, of your machines. And they're all intelligent because all the stuff has sensors today. And we capture the data from the sensors yeah, and, and feed it again into the context of the, of the business process. But then you, know, you talk about those, those intelligent, uh, process, intelligent process chains and uh, really uh, an intelligent manufacturing process um, uh, that, that can be triggered. And, from the planning process at the at the very beginning, and that is an iterative thing that is that is happening all the time. And I think today we can do this much much quicker. If you if you think back and like the traditional uh, you know material requirements planning runs at SAP, it's huge batch runs. <laughs> and then once this is triggered, you wait overnight, and then the next day you see oh maybe I had to change a parameter and I have to wait another day. And those things today, they happen in real time. And that gives very, very different uh, possibilities then to, to companies uh, with, an, with a direct impact and obviously on, on how much inventory they carry. They have the right products in, in, in the shelves that, where the demand is, you know, revenue optimization, sales optimization, all those things. Uh, and I think that is, that is really um, how, we, how we try to tell the story. But the advantage is if you have truly, truly integrated uh, solutions. And that's why I think the synchronized planning topic will be one that uh, will be for us uh, really a, a very big deal. And we, we continue to invest there and, 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 and continue to enhance our solutions in, 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 that, in that context. So I stop here for a moment. Uh, maybe if you have uh, any comments or, or questions. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fascinating story overall. I wanted to go back to something that you said early, right? And how everything is much more connected. Absolutely true. And then you said, but there's also this concern about unpredictability. Yeah. If you could, if you, uh, if somebody was taking sort of a side in a debate, if you'd say, does everything being connected help you make things more predictable, or does the interconnection of everything increase the level of unpredictability? Yeah, I, th I think it increases the, the level of unpredictability in the first place. And then uh, I think you have to have things like, um, you know, a, a platform or business, what we call a business network, um, which helps to um, take, take the, um, you know, the unpredictability out. Uh, because by default, if you think about, you know, all those peer-to-peer -peer connections, so to speak, yeah, very isolated um, and nobody has the full picture. But if you if you get people on the on the same platform, then they can start to share. They can start to share their data, whether that's you know inventories or again uh, forecasts or, or whatever they, they they are willing to share. Then you know you you get more um, predictability automatically from my perspective, and you also see then uh, disruptions coming much much earlier. And uh, I think that we've seen you know those those platforms and, and business networks for a while now. And that's why we also brought together our uh, various business network uh, initiatives that we had at SAP into this, this one SAP business network. We also talked about it at Sapphire. And I think that is really, uh, again, a, a game changer because we have already so many uh, participants connected to this platform. And it's not only suppliers, then, you know, you also um, connect to banks, you know, you connect to third party logistics providers. So really, 
uh, going above and beyond uh, pure purchasing processes than into uh, supply chain processes, finance processes, and so on. And uh, I think that is that is uh, a, a true differentiator. And the second aspect of that is if you then have participants who run SAP systems on both sides, for instance, as for HANA Cloud, then you can also be much more predictive or much more prescriptive, actually, on how those processes are implemented. And we could, and this is certainly the, the idea, uh, ship those processes already upfront. So my, my vision is really that you more or less plug and play, connect into the network. You have the connectivity. That's why we bundled the network connectivity into our RISE offering as well. And then you have a process already set up, a default process, best practice, how, how does a purchase uh, process work? Uh, the purchase order turns automatically into the sales order with, with your supplier. And then the invoice turns automatically into a goods receipt and on the, on the way back. And, and that, that should not be any setup or implementation effort on the customer side. It's not a reality yet, for sure, but I think it has to become a reality. Because why, why would customers spend, spend money on that huh? if, if this comes all out of one hand? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jan, is there, you know, you said we're not there yet. So are you talking about quarters, years, five years? I think it's it's certainly not five years. <clears throat> I think in, in the next couple of quarters, we will see step-by-step step, um, more of those scenarios being rolled out. They, they exist already. It's often a question on how can we then connect our own pieces better together. And that's almost like the next evolution of our integration efforts. Uh, for a long time, you know, we have done a lot of homework, frankly, in the last couple of years and basically you know, cleaned up our data model uh, so that, uh, you know, a cost center in S4 is, has the same structure as a cost center in Conquer and then created APIs so that, you know, communication can happen seamlessly. Now with the business network, uh, it's it's almost the next step. And so now we are connecting all our solutions into the network and then have to ship and also um, process content as we do it in S4HANA Cloud today already, but extend that into, into the network. So this will, in, in parts, it exists already, but we will certainly see more and more scenarios. And that's the exciting piece for me. It's, it's really this business layer that the connectivity itself is, is all commodity from my perspective. And this is really uh, exciting, And uh, but, but what you can do on top of it. And that's the transactional world. Yeah? And then, of course, you generate data. And that's when uh, you uh, there's a lot of imagination what to do with this data. And here we are also obviously a little bit bound to, you know, the, the data regulations, data privacy, and you probably know about our Catina X project in, in Germany with uh, some of the um, big participants in the automotive world. Um, obviously, a lot of negotiation, you know, how much data can be shared, how much data do the participants want to share, how to ensure uh, that the access is then only, you know, on that data that where you have consensus and so on. So there's more those kind of questions to be solved rather than technical questions. So because technically we could, we could do all this uh, already today. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, it it's heard more in the last I don't know two or three months about business network than I think in the previous two or three years. And it always seemed to me that until recently, the business network was well understood by a relatively small number of people inside SAP but it hadn't been clearly articulated or put in the right context for people outside of SAP. But as you describe it here, 
you start to see, you know, how each of those pieces fit together more and more. And then you said, ultimately, that leading up to the transactions, transactions lead to data, which create the opportunities then to build up to a next layer. That, that's got to be uh, very exciting, you know, as you start to knock down some of these steps along the way or the obstacles to getting there. Yeah, and 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 then I think first of all I, I agree with you, and I, I believe that maybe even the term uh, has been a problem because you know network is always associated with kind of infrastructure, and then people already don't listen anymore. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I think now we are emphasizing much more on the business part of business network, and that's where it becomes interesting. And then all of a sudden, there are so many scenarios that that come to mind. Yeah, so. Uh, Again, if you talk about what we're doing in the industry cloud, for instance, uh, almost all the solutions that we are building now, whether that's uh, you know intelligent uh, returns management or uh, intelligence claims management, all those things have a network character because you have different parties that need to collaborate. And by the way, Maple Leaf just uh, is about to go live now on the intelligent trade claims management, so that's uh, actually very nice. One of the uh, first big uh, solutions we ship on the industry cloud. And uh, here again, it's about collaboration. Yeah, the retailer with the consumer product company. Everybody has their interest, um, and uh, of course, the, the, they they want to um, then also measure how um, successful are those trade promotions at the end of the day. And then, you know, on the one hand side, we focus on the uh, transactional part of making sure you know the billing and everything happens correctly, and you know what has been planned has actually happened, and the delta and all those kinds of the claims matching and everything. But then you uh, add another piece to the to the end-to-end -end process chain, and you look uh, further upstream and, and and think about okay, now we, what about the planning piece? And again, of the trade promotion, how can I improve that? And then you have to have uh, uh, then again uh, the planning connected with what we're doing in IBP. Think about where is the demand and where do I how do I have to ship a product? Then if I start a, a promotion at a certain store in a specific region, how can I make sure I have exactly the right amount of product there so I can maximize that? And um, and then it's basically revenue growth optimization. That's that's how we call it, and this is one of the things we have in the pipe, uh, also in the context of our retail industry cloud. And so, so you see all those things, they always uh, fit together and, and that the network idea is always inherently in there. And what we try to do is then to really connect those things because um, like I said, the connectivity should anyway be part then of, of the value proposition of our products already. And then you can still when you talk about monetization, monetize on top with additional services, but let people collaborate and connect in the first place and make that part of the core value proposition of the solution and then you, you build from there. And frankly, some solutions like transportation management, you know, we have the logistics network. I think over time, this will become the next generation of transportation management because it has to be connected. You know, it has to run on a, on a business network traffic or on a platform. So, yeah, and that was interesting what you said too about the business network, more focus on the business, maybe less on the network not a, a current or modern type of term. What about, uh, right, and you, you've emphasized throughout your comments here about the need for end-to-end -end connection, everything interconnected. So what about, will the, you know, one of the areas that you had up here of supply chain, is supply chain another one of those terms that maybe represents more of the past? Because, right, you're, you're talking about tying supply chain fully in with demand chain and planning and everything else there. Um, that, that's got to be, 
right? Something that companies that your customers have to think about their organizations differently, right? And how they how they try to institutionalize these modern solutions that don't necessarily line up with how they're set up, how they've been set up to do business. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. And uh, um, actually, this um, this is a big debate also also at SAP. And I I said that multiple times. I, I do believe those product boundaries and those classic uh, categories that are out there in the market they will disappear more and more. But yeah. human people always need um, uh, kind of categories to to you know communicate better. I think that is uh, and and until somebody reinvents a new one, uh, we always stick to the to the old ones. But I'm I'm with you. I mean, neither ERP nor supply chain are still really 100% valid if you look into what what is possible now in the cloud uh, as the ultimate uh, platform, so to speak. And uh, we have talked about uh, you know business process as a service and this idea that. You know, a customer always comes with a with a, a business problem that he wants solved, and uh, that could be a really a business scenario. It could be an end-to-end -end process where he's looking for software to support that. And ideally, he would basically really define that and specify that, and and we as a vendor would be able to assemble the needed cloud services for him. Yeah, and they work together seamlessly. And so that that is kind of the the idea, and that can then be you know, multiple products or multiple pieces of, of product because modern software is anyway built in, in modules or in, in services. And uh, so, so that's uh, the beauty when you have all those things um, integrated along the, those end-to-end -end chains. And I think if you look back in ERP, uh, in the on-premise world, if we look into the usage data that we have, and it's, you know, not, not as good as what we can measure in the cloud, of course, but we had some possibility to capture. We see that a lot of function, so all functionality is needed, but every uh, is is used, but everybody uses different functionalities. So you always pay a hundred percent, and you use maybe fifty or sixty, but the other fifty, sixty are used from somebody else. So we always ship the whole thing, and I think um, that's where customers come and they say, hey, I, I need more flexibility. Maybe I I don't even use uh, your, your solution enough, or I don't even know what I'm not using. And then that is where the cloud becomes extremely powerful again. And I think this whole notion of business process as a service where you can tell a customer exactly what he's using, can advise him where he's missing out and what things he could use on top. And it could also change the whole commercial model. So I think that's that's where I think those categories will blur more and more, even though the capabilities, of course, don't go away. You know? They're just strung together in a different, in a different way. Well, yeah, it's fascinating hearing this, and just by purely coincidence, uh, when we're finished with this call, I've got a conversation with some people in at SAP, Helen Dwight, and uh, you know, just about this idea that I've had of if you put together a scenario, what will business look like in 2025, right? And of course, you know, going out two years, we have to guess, but five years or four years, a little ambitious, but I was just trying to help put together something that would say, look, these are the things that are going to be possible. Perhaps some of them are quite likely. What do you need to do then as an organization, not just with the technology you have, that might be relatively a simpler part because of all the things SAP is doing. How do you do those things in terms of organization and compensation and talent yeah. and flows inside that? That is going to be a wild few years. Oh yeah, yeah. I think there is so much change now uh, that has been um, triggered by by COVID, and as soon as and the recovery is starting already, and you see companies starting to really think about um, transformation uh, in a in a big in a big way. I, 
think, for instance, sustainability in five years from now, I mean, this this will this will be a, a steering dimension for every company in every industry. We cannot ignore that anymore. And uh, that's why I think companies will have to figure out. And I think it's 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 actually going to become a standard like like IRFS today in in, in finance. That's going to just be part of an accounting standard as well. And hopefully there will be then a global standard. And then companies have to report on that, and they will be accountable. You know, and they the transparency that is uh, required also from customers. That if companies don't show that transparency, they will have they will struggle to stay in business. So this really becomes a matter of, of staying in business, really, rather than, than doing good. Huh? And I think if we can combine those things, it's anyway magic. So therefore, I, I think this will for sure be a big deal. And that's why this is not even, you know, from our perspective, a portfolio of products or something like that. It's really woven into everything. It's woven into ERP. It's woven into our supply chain solutions. And again, of course, you have things like a a sustainability control tower who, who sits on top and then has all the data and yeah. reports out the metrics and stuff. And so, but I think that, for instance, will be a, a fundamental change compared to today. You know, but this has always been an afterthought and it's not really wired into the corporate systems today. You know? Yeah, and then you know, I've I've heard from some uh, various people, certainly a lot of SAP customers, about the circular economy. So again, it. It calls into play. It's not just use less, but how you reuse and pull things back in where those worlds that used to be separate, you know, new stuff I buy here, old stuff I throw away over here. It is all interconnected, as you've been describing. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, we have this this uh, small uh, customers called Orclark. Actually, they have they distribute bakery and ice cream ingredients in, in, in Europe. And, and they have uh, started, you know, to, to implement IDP. And actually, uh, their goal was, of course, first of all, optimizing a planning process, uh, improving the, the forecast accuracy, of course, but also then to reduce um, um, the, the waste that's related to, to products past shelf life. Yeah? For those kind of products they have, obviously, the shelf life is rather short, so they have a ton of uh, waste that to throw away. And, and so here you see that already in the planning phase, sustainability plays an important role. It's not only, you know, you typically think, oh, in those heavy manufacturing industries and once you, when you produce a car and you ship it and all the parts, that's where the carbon footprint's created. But talking about circular economy and, and sustainability along all dimensions, waste is a, is a, is a big piece of it. And, and so many companies are really actively looking into that. Uh, we are working on, on some circular economy uh, solutions here, uh, which we will release later this year. Uh, together with some consumer product companies, I mean that that is a big deal, and they get actually heavy penalties now uh, for if they use plastic, if they use too much packaging, if they throw this away, and so on. So that become actually really nice business cases for them, pretty easy. Uh, and 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 it is again, it, it happens everywhere, and only if you look end to end, uh, you can tackle the the problem holistically. Yeah, that's uh, is that a generational change in mindset some way the end to end do you think Jan? I, I, I think so. I, I think so. I mean I feel and, and it's maybe it's also maybe a wave because I've seen the pendulum swing back and forth a couple of times already in the last a couple of years. Um, but I do believe now um, that the expectation and maybe it has to do with the generation as you said because people are used they have much more power. So one thing is that obviously you transfer you transfer your personal experience and how you use software into the into the into your workplace, 
Uh, and also then the ability through the cloud to have access to innovation much, much faster. If you think about years ago, and not, not much has changed in, in the corporate software world. So we had always had the same stuff basically to work with. And I think now it's, it's uh, things are changing much more. And that's why uh, people expect that things actually work together seamlessly. I remember even, you know, when I think about productivity tools uh, at SAP, we're using Microsoft uh, Office already for four years. And the shift to Office 365 was massive from my perspective. All of a sudden, when SharePoint came in, and all of a sudden, there's like all those things really fit nicely together. And then and now you're so used to it, you're basically annoyed if, if something doesn't doesn't work. And, and if you think back like maybe five or six years, then none of this has worked. It was all offline. <laughs> yeah. And I think the same is happening in, in, in business software as well. You know? So definitely it has also to do with the generation, but also the underlying technology. And yeah, in the last couple of minutes, could you talk a little bit about the impact that your teams are seeing with or the interactions you're having with industry cloud? Yeah, you know, my, my team is building um, most of the solutions for, for industry cloud. So Peter Meyer is kind of my, my counterpart on the on the go-to-market side, and I'm uh, the, the, on the product side, of course. Um, in the other um, areas like, like uh, procurement and HR, we're also building uh, certain industry cloud uh, capabilities, but the majority is really coming uh, from, from my teams because uh, if you think back traditionally uh, in ERP, we had a lot of those industry solutions baked into ERP. It was one big uh, block of software uh, across uh, all 25 industries and now moving into the cloud. Uh, this uh, we are following really the, the whole modularization strategy on the one hand side because we believe um, the, the industry boundaries are blurring much much more uh, so you cannot and, and back in the days you had you know those industry solution for oil for instance and, and you could not then just turn on a piece of the industry solution for utilities even if you wanted to it was not possible technically because it was very interwoven lots of dependencies and we said we have to decouple that and we also have to rethink uh, things then. Uh, and, and every industry has changed so much. Utilities have been you know, very meter-centric uh, in the past, and now it's very customer-centric. And, and a lot of new business models, and the actual uh, supply of energy has become the commodity, and they're making money with something else. Uh, but the old solution doesn't support that, so we are building this new in a different way uh, on top of the industry cloud, uh, decoupled, uh, standalone, but also always integrated uh, into ERP, because I believe it's always part of the value proposition when you talk, again, also from an industry perspective end to end. And that's why we had also this rise with uh, for industries uh, packaging now, because you have to bring this together, uh, even though it might be architecturally decoupled, which makes a lot of sense. But still, you want to you want to tell a customer in a specific industry like retail, uh, what do you get? What do you get when you buy an ERP solution, when you buy S4HANA from us? Uh, what industry capabilities are there? And just because we ship them at an individual cloud service should, shouldn't, shouldn't matter anyway in the public cloud. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and heavily involved there. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, Jan, I, I was reflecting back on the point you made. I, I not heard somebody say it quite as well as you did, which is, you know, there, there are certain things that, uh, you know, a company might buy it, uh, they might need at certain points all the functions, but they only use half of them. Uh, and somebody else might use the other half, but not this part, but yet you pay for it all. So it's a it's a wild new world. It is, and that's and that's uh, interesting for, for SAP. It's uh, always uh, obviously been a good um, business model for us in the past, but I think 
uh, it's also going to be a good one in, in the future. Um, it just will be more flexible. We are already on the on the product side for sure. And, uh, you know, commercialization, there's other people uh, that can talk about that much better. But I, my perspective is we will see also much more flexibility. We have to. Um, uh, it's, it's going to evolve and, and, and that's, that's part of the game. And it's, it's good. It's good for the customers. Well, Jan, thank you for your time. It's been fascinating. Uh, I'm grateful for the update and you pulled a lot of different big ideas together. Thanks for that. Well, thanks so much for your time as well. Always good to talk to you. Same here. All right. All right. Cheers. Take care. Bye.